Welcome to Your Life, The Sequel. A podcast about getting your act together and making changes happen in your life. You want change and we want to help you with guests and discussions about how to make change in your life, whether big or small, change can happen. This is your chance to become the person you were meant to be. Now, here we are, Rick Roshan and Melissa Carlson. Hello and welcome to Your Life, The Sequel. This is a podcast for people who are over 40 that are looking for inspiration to change and are looking for practical and tactical ways that other people have changed that they can get inspiration from and learn how to make those changes themselves. I am so, so excited to have someone I consider to be a mentor for me for a long, long time. And she has had an incredible life with lots of ups and downs and in-betweens. Reinvented herself at the age of 55. Her name is Susie Avon, and I'm happy to have her on the podcast. Hello, Susie Avon. Hello, Rick Roshan. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I am outstanding. Thanks for asking. So I'm going to give some details about you, and then I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. And then when you're uncomfortable, keep going. So, (laughs) So... So you and I met probably 15, 20 years ago, I would yeah. guess, at this point. You were working at a company that was founded by Elon Musk. My claim to fame. Your claim to fame, Zip2 Media. And you honestly taught me so much about confidence in your own decisions, whether they're good or bad. And an ability, you're just really, really amazing with people, and you understand people at a very, very deep level. And I learned a ton, I really learned a ton about people and how to relate to people and how to understand people and their motivations from you, from watching you be just an excellent leader. And I don't know if you see yourself that way, but you really have been uh, really instrumental in my career. Uh, when I was in sales and whatnot and managing teams. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, if you want to give us, go all the way back, feel free to go all the way back. Or if you want to skim along the surface, uh, just give us, what's the story of Susie Avon? I'll skim it first, but thank you, Rick. I would hope I make a difference. That's really kind of a driver for me to feel like that I can make a difference for people. And I think that's um, driven some of the change, since we're here to talk about change, I think that drives some of the change is I want to stay in tune with other people. And you know what? It's just not rocket science. I promised you we would not have deep thoughts. I just don't have those. (laughs) (laughs) But I like to think I listen. And I like to think that, that I can still learn. That's what I tell people. Yes, I've had, I've had several big changes, one in my early 30s or late 20s. And then, well, I, I think I change because I get bored, frankly. Mm-hmm. I just sure. want to stay. You know that feeling when you're sitting in a chair and you lean back and, you know, the legs are off and all of a sudden you go back a little too far and you <laughs> lean forward and catch yourself on the table. Yes. I like that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. A lot of people avoid that. Well, it just lets you know, okay, 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 I'm still here and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm, did not fall over backwards. Yeah. So I just think I, I think I enjoy change and I think 
I can keep learning. So yeah, what I what I like to tell people is that I can still learn. I can't retain, but I can still <laughs> I can still learn. Tomorrow it may be like it never happened. Well, and you and you've had a very successful career. Yes. And you have probably in spite of all evidence that you would <laughs> you Pretty know, much. early on. Yeah, you know, you have had a very very successful career. You've helped so many people, you've helped so many companies, and you I guess the way I would describe you at the period where we worked together, which was, you know, probably 17 years ago, let's call it. Is that even possible? Yeah, I guess 17 yeah, years ago. Yeah, I'm thinking like 98, 99. Yes. Yes, yeah. 98, 99. Was that you never touched a vegetable, at least I never saw it happen. Well, there's that. <laughs> you uh, <laughs> didn't move, you moved as little as possible. <laughs> As a rule, <laughs> you know, uh, just keep the repetitions down. And I mean, I don't think that I saw you eat something that wasn't a carbohydrate. And so, I, yes, is that a fair? Is that an accurate description? It's just pretty much fair. Um, I'm I was pretty much the greenhouse variety. Just <laughs> I'll just kind of. Uh, I was mentally active. I just want you to you know. You were mentally active. <laughs> I was mentally active. <laughs> <laughs> and so you didn't want to waste the calories that your brain needed by exactly. moving your body. Yeah, Exactly. And, and so fast forward until you're about, what, 55? 55, 56, yeah. 55, 56, which is maybe five years ago, six years ago, something like I'm that. I'm 67. What? Not yeah. possible. Come on. It's pretty on. weird. It is very weird. Super weird. Can you talk to us about what was going on in your life at the time that you, at the age of 55 or 56, decided that you wanted to become a fitness instructor? What did that, what did that path look like? Well, I've been thinking about this since we, we talked last week. There's kind of two sides to it. Is what I thought it might do for me, mm -hmm. and then the progression of that, of what it's enabled me to do for other people. I think I was just sitting on my butt and I just thought, you know, I should probably get up and move because <laughs> life's short. Yes. And it could be shorter if you yes. don't get up and move. Life is short. <laughs> I think accidentally I read a book. Usually it's a murder mystery or serial killer. But I think I accidentally read a book about how if it, it basically move it or lose it. And how we're meant to move. That's a short book. <laughs> it was a little, it was a teeny bit meatier than that. And I just thought, you know, I should probably get up and walk around the block. Mm -hmm. And, and you, were not, you, were, you were not walking around the block. No, I wouldn't do anything. I mean, you know, I'd go sit at my desk and then, I mean, I walk, I know how to walk. But I didn't go anywhere unless there was a donut at the end. So <laughs> I walked around our neighborhood and I started doing that. I tried to do that almost every day for some unknown reason. And then I thought, well, I'll just join a gym. And I will say my attention span is pretty short. Mm -hmm. It's like that of a three-year-old. So I went <laughs> to join a gym and there was a lot of different machines in there. Sure. So they instructed me, showed me how to use them. There was other people around, which I really like. And the, the gym I happened to join, it's a YMCA. It was a real community. Mm -hmm. So I just started doing that. And I guess I started doing it because I thought it was the right thing to do. For you, for yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, and your family, because they don't want to lose you. Yeah. 
And someone suggested I take a class. Let me just skip to the end. Cardio is not my jam. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I really like to think of myself as a strong person. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be strong mentally and, and spiritually, I hope I probably need to have a strong bod. And also I'm, you know, fairly interested in how my bod looks. So, <laughs> well, and to give people a mental picture, you're four foot nothing. I mean, you are t- little. I'm five four. Yeah, it's little. Yeah, five three ish. Yeah, five, five three ish. Slight build, not you know some big strapping you know former Olympian. You're no. just re- regular person. Nope. Never did any sports. Never did anything. I lifted weights a little bit in my thirties because because there was I, I was chasing some guy. So, uh, you know, but I started taking uh, a class. It was, I started taking a Zumba class and you know what? Cause I think I'm a good dancer mm-hmm. and it was fun. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been what I've been interested in ever since is how can being better be fun? Mm, because I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. if it's not fun, you ain't going to do it. Right. If work isn't rewarding and fun, it's, why are you doing that? Right. And uh, so I started taking these classes. It was fun. I got to know people and I like people. And <laughs> I got pretty good at one particular class, which is TRX, which is mm-hmm. these straps that you hang from the ceiling and it's body weight and it's really freaking hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they were invented by Randy Hetrick. He yeah, who, uh, was, a he was a, he was a Navy SEAL who was stationed in the middle of nowhere, and he had no way to work out. And yep. so he made these straps out of straps that are used to hold down cargo. Yep. And he just used his own body weight, and all the guys said, hey, that doesn't suck. And then when he got back to San Francisco, he turned it into a business, which mm-hmm. is now this big, big worldwide business that helps a lot of people because it's you know, it's not a big, scary weight machine. It's right. you, your body, and movement. Yep. It's a lot of it is functional movement. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time w- in my classes, I tell people, I said, I am not going to be one of those people that can't get out of her chair mm-hmm. and, or ha- falls on the floor and has to press your, your button that I've fallen and I can't get up. And I said, none of you people are either. You are going to be able to get up off the floor Excellent. or get out of your chair, yeah. but I was pretty good at it and it's pretty hard. So I think accomplishment is a big deal. That made me feel good. It made me feel good about myself. It made me feel good that I was doing something hard to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what moves me to any kind of a change is the reward and the accomplishment. Mm-hmm. For and, yourself. Yeah, accomplishment, it, it gets endorphins going. I mean, even when you just do chores around the house, oh, I finished the laundry. You know what? That feels good. Yes, right. <laughs> it, it's silly, right. but accomplishment is you can get a Jones to that. So uh, I realized one day that one of the instructors, I could do a better job than her. And so <laughs> <laughs> I have a list of all the yeah. people that you've thought that about. Well, there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I have a personality and I don't, you're mind a force. Sh- you are a force to I, be reckoned with. I do not mind showing off. No. So I thought, well, I'm going to be in a, see if I can be an instructor. So, hey, you know what? I went to a class. I took a one-day class. They said I could be an instructor, and I started doing it. So can we talk for a minute just yep. 
because not everybody is wired the way you are. Yeah. But let me ask you this question. Are you actually in fear and you're just suppressing the fear and ignoring it when you're doing something new? Because I've seen you command a room full of hundreds and hundreds of people, little tiny Susie Avon, just up there controlling a whole room full of people in business. I mean, and it's very inspirational and you're, I mean, you, are you stepping through fear and ignoring it or are you really just like, screw it, I'm going to do it? Um, No, I don't think I'm afraid. I mean, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm nervous about doing this, you know, because I want to do well, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I want to be well thought of, which is yes. kind of a human thing. Yeah. But I think what, why I'm not afraid is I do things where I feel like I have something to give, mm-hmm. where I have something to contribute. Yeah. And that is powerful. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that it's true. I mean, not <laughs> But you believe it. That's I do. <laughs> I may not have anything to give. But you may walk away from whatever that was going, well, I'll never get that hour back. <laughs> but that's, that's not excellent. what's in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's excellent. That is excellent. Yeah. And I feel that way in these classes when I'm, so anyway, I became a fitness instructor and I'm a certified personal trainer and all that kind of stuff. But to your point, even when I'm standing up in front of a room at, and, and doing work things, I feel like I'm there to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that means I don't have to be afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, great. I'm not, yeah. like I said, it, it's motivating to me to think that I have something to contribute that I can, can help make a difference for somebody. Is it that you're empathetic to people and their ch- and their challenges, or is it that because you are an excellent teacher, whatever you're teaching, and it's not like we're sitting down for school, it's that you are just really excellent at taking people through a process, and I think it's just a natural thing you do. Is it that you're empathetic and you think about like, oh, I can help these people in this way? Like, what what do you? How do you think about it? Well, how I think about it is. I know what it's I know what it's like to sit there and have somebody explain something and I don't even know what they just said. <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> and that just makes everybody uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I just I just don't think life is rocket science. When I got hired for a, a job not too long ago, somebody said, Well, what do you think one of your strengths is? I said, Well, I think one of them is I make things easy to understand. And just stick to the basics. You just don't have to read. You don't have to make everything hard and complicated. You know how when you go to a website and they just really overthought it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Or maybe I can't do that. Mm-hmm. My father told me one time. He said, "Susie, you are a master of the obvious," and he said it like it was a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> And it's your super. Turns out it's your it's superpower. It's my superpower. <laughs> I am going to conjure up the obvious so that we can understand it. And I just know what it's like to be a person. I I do. Like I said, life's short. Don't you don't have to make it complicated. Right. Yeah, right. I think I just know what it's like to be the other guy. And it's okay. So I guess that would be empathy, huh? <laughs> that is it. <laughs> That's empathy. I know what it's like to be the other guy is yeah. empathy. Okay, got it. I'm there now. <laughs> so, so I would say that your characteristics are atypical. They're not usual for a lot of people. A lot of people get caught up 
in their own brain and their own mm-hmm. uh, thinking. So for those people that are listening, and this is all about creating an environment that is actionable, where someone who's 55 one morning decides that she is no longer going to sit around and she's going to make an incremental change, which is I'm going to walk around my neighborhood and you just, and then you're going to do it every day. Mm-hmm. And then, and so you do it. And so you have that level of chutzpah and using your empathy bone, which we just discovered. How would you tell somebody who is at that stage that's right before getting up and walking around the neighborhood or whatever it is, you know, starting to write a book or starting a business or starting leaving their relationship or stopping drinking or stopping whatever, eating too much? How, what kinds of things would you, in your experience, say to them that's a good way to think about things that might be helpful to get some change going? My experience has been people have to be uncomfortable before they change. Mm-hmm. I don't because when things are the same all the time, that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes. People ask me all the time if I'm teaching a, a class, whether it's TRX or strength training or, or whatever, well, I have a husband or I have a wife and they don't want to do this or they don't want to do that. It's like anything else. There has to be some little glimmer of, of them wanting to do it, whether it's changing a job or, or, or starting to, to be healthier. But you've, you're not going to do things that you don't enjoy. I mean, that sounds kind of dumb, but I tell people, find a class you like. Mm-hmm. find if you don't like walking, don't do that because <laughs> you're not going to keep doing it. Ride a bicycle or, you know, find something that you enjoy. And in a lot of cases, find something you can do with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people are loners, but most people, if you have an appointment with someone else, as far as fitness to do something, chances mm-hmm. are, you're the kind of person who is, is going to keep an appointment. You're not mm-hmm. going to blow off your girlfriend or your boyfriend and, and not show up at the gym. Right. So having a partner to do anything with really helps. And that's great advice. So speaking of partners and husbands and wives and all that, sometimes when people change and the other person isn't changing, yeah. the other person may try to sabotage you and because you're changing the dynamic of the relationship. Because we used to just sit around, and now you don't sit around, but I mm-hmm. still sit around, and mm-hmm. they're going to have some feelings about that. Mm-hmm. Any advice around doing your own thing and moving through that? We're getting into the deep thought territory. I think you just, well, I mean, it's like Dr. Phil or somebody. You just have to communicate. You have to talk. You have to understand that things are different for that person. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're in a partnership, so much of partnership once the you know initial fascination (laughs) is Mm -hmm. off is acceptance other people are other people they are the way they are (laughs) and if you picked that one then you have to accept that they're going to change and you're going to change and sometimes it's it's not going to be coming together all at the same time right so acceptance I think, and their acceptance of you, and maybe if you're forced to have a conversation. But, but <laughs> I guess we should talk about this if you've got some sort of a guess, yeah. feeling about it. Yes. <laughs> but an accept that they may not like it, and you know, you just kind of have to 
negotiate or, or compromise on some of those things. But if I'm becoming a better person, mm-hmm. theoretically, the other person will appreciate that at some point. And I will say that I think being physically fit can have a tendency to make you mentally and emotionally a a little more fit and stable just because uh, I feel great about myself. I feel accomplished. I feel a a lot of good vibes. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. And it makes me, I think it makes me a better person and a better partner. Are you ever surprised at your abilities? At your ability to change, at your ability at 55 to turn over, uh, not just turn over a whole a new leaf, but to grow a whole new plant. Like that was a, vi- that you're a different person. Oh, yeah. you're, di- you're a different person. Yep. Are you ever amazed at your ability to do that? Well, I'm a little amazed at myself sometimes, yes. Yeah. Proud of yourself too, I would assume. I am. I, I feel confident. Let's say I'm confident. And doing things that are hard to do have helped me be confident. I'm not more amazing than anyone else, but I, I'm probably more confident than some people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that comes from when you do things that are difficult to do. As you know, in my 20s, up until my late 20s, I used to drink a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you then, but my understanding of it is that yes. you, you, it was, yeah. Yes, I did drink a bit. So I had to cut that out. And that was Mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. And um, I had help doing that. Mm -hmm. And that was 40 years ago. I was. Holy cow. I was like 28 or 9. So frankly, once you do that, other stuff isn't quite as hard. Yes. But doing hard things lets you know that you can. And sometimes, I mean, what's hard to me may not be hard to you. Right. Well, and going and being sober for, and I'm also sober, 16 years. Mm-hmm. When you stop doing something that all that was all you ever thought about, yep, all day, every day. If I wasn't drinking, I was thinking about thinking drinking. about it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was dreaming. So my day consisted of waking up in the morning, and the first thing I thought was, oh shit, what did I do last night? Mm-hmm. That was num- that was the first thing I thought. Who do, who do I owe an apology to this morning that I'm not going to give? Then I was hung over through the morning until I could have a greasy lunch to sop mm-hmm. up the booze. And as soon mm-hmm. as that hangover was finally gone, about one o'clock, I started fantasizing about the drink I was going to have after five. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't drink before five because that's an alcoholic. <laughs> well, I made life easier. I was a bartender. So <laughs> I didn't have to worry about any of that shit you had to worry about. <laughs> I remember one of the guys told me, he says, the problem with people who who don't drink is they know when they wake up in the morning, that's the best they'll feel all day. So, (laughs) Chris, baby, when we were drinking, that was bad in the morning. Yeah, I changed that. I had to change work. Once I quit drinking, I couldn't be a bartender anymore. Yeah. I sold encyclopedias, for heaven's sakes. That was a, it was a real job. I did that for like three years. So... I'm used to doing Like, do encyclopedias even exist anymore? I probably... Wikipedia? No. No. I feel bad about that sometimes. All those people who have the encyclopedias, I sold them. Oh, well. We didn't know. (laughs) Well, now they're collector's items. (laughs) Right. We didn't know. I don't know if that answered your question or what the question was. Well, no. I I, I think that the point that I was making was... Because I am also good at change. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking... 
that because I know how to change a thing that all I think about all day long, I, if I can stop doing that thing, I can do anything. And yep. I, and I, and I feel like it is, you know, a brain thing where you can re, well, your brain actually rewires itself. Mm-hmm. The neural pathways become different where you can just go, you know what? I stopped doing that. I can stop doing anything. I can start doing anything. Mm-hmm. I wonder if being able to make incremental change, like what you described, where it was very simple, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to walk around the neighborhood. And then that, you know, was the next thing. And then you got some positive reinforcement and you felt better. And then you, and then you went to the gym, which you may have, may or may not have had feelings about. And then you had a good experience there. And then, and then look at you now, You, you know, you're, from what I can tell, you're a pretty well-regarded fitness instructor, Yes, which is a very different outcome than maybe I or you or whomever, would, your husband, would have thought for you when you were 15. In a million years. Not in a million years. And that's very exciting. I'm a different person in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I was the greenhouse variety and now I'm, I taught a class this morning then I went over to my workout partner. We have a, a gym in her garage, and we did deadlifts and squats. So what can you deadlift? My personal record is 200 pounds. That's nuts. <laughs> that I is nuts. I only did it once. I only did it once. And, and you only have to do it once. And you, yeah, didn't break you, only, any, yeah. you didn't break any bones. Mm. No, deadlifts are fun because you really well, – I will say one thing about being strong is it it, it gives you extra confidence, mm-hmm. and well, you're just going to live longer. Your metabolism is better. You just you know you can handle situations because you're physically stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, your bones are going to be better. There's just I could go on and on and on about what a great thing it is, but mostly what I would say about change is you just is not being scared. And even if you're, even if you are scared, do it, do it anyway. anyway. Just do, do it, it anyway. anyway. Yeah, and you know that that uh, what do they say? The journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Yep. It is really, really true. Just take that first step, and you never know where you're going to wind up. Uh-uh. Which you are, you are perfect evidence of that. And I think, <laughs> like I said, life's short. You've got to enjoy it. I want to enjoy other people. I want to. Uh, be part of a community, but I keep coming back to what's so satisfying about being able to contribute, yes, to make a difference for somebody yes. in just small ways, and it's just little little bits of accomplishment, and then you're rewarded, and then you want more. That's what yes. I think. I agree. I agree. Well, this has been super inspiring, and I'm sure a lot of people who may be stuck. Um, or maybe needed some inspiration, have learned that you can change at any point. It is always on the table as an option for people. And Susie, you are amazing. Is there, uh, do you have a website or anything? Like, do you do personal training and things, any place on the internet where people can learn more about you? No. (laughs) (laughs) There's my official answer. (laughs) No. 
Don't Google me. <laughs> well, you can. You'll, you'll just be disappointed. So. <laughs> well, you've been amazing, and I really appreciate your time, and thank you so much for spending some time on your life, the sequel. Well, thanks for asking me, Rick. I hope it was helpful, and I, I enjoyed it, and I appreciate you taking the time to chat. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Your Life, the Sequel. Make sure to visit our website, revital.ist, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, so you'll never miss a show. Or sign up for our newsletter, The Revitalist, filled with daily tips for making change in your life. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd really appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Special thanks to our audio engineer and editor, Mark Kate. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Inspirational Change. Be the change you want to be.